This week, we have another full slate of games to look forward to. Luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, you don't even have to leave your house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Yo, what's up? Welcome inside the SI Gambling Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive here with Ben and Frankie, wrapping up a week 10 in the NFL. Got a big week of sports coming up and sports betting coming up this week. But obviously, Ben, we have to start with some of the all-time great bad beats that took place yesterday. My man, how was your weekend? Let's start in Cleveland. (sighs) I think for a lot of bettors, their weekend was uh, was pretty rough considering some of the bad beats that we're going to discuss. If you want the full breakdown, Frankie's got it over at SI.com slash gambling for his Monday Night Vegas Whispers preview. I'll be honest, guys. This was a a bit of a lighter week for me. I uh, I, I was moving. Uh, so we were trying to get the, the whole family out of one house and into another. Uh, ended up throwing in a, a quick little DraftKings lineup in fantasy uh, and came in fourth out of 1,200 people. So I was happy with that result. But from a betting side, I, I tended to play a little bit light, lost on my Seattle pick. Uh, but other than that, doing okay. But Frankie, those bad beats were flat out insane. Yeah, they absolutely were. And it, it led to a tidal wave of money changing hands that went from the pockets of betters into once again the wallets of the sports books as the uh, odds makers once again crush people. You mentioned that one game uh, with Nick Chubb, which was uh, a, a tough one for Cleveland Brown betters to swallow, as well as fantasy owners seeing Nick Chubb do what he did. But then even more egregious was the Arizona Cardinals finding a way to take the lead on a Hail Mary with only two seconds left as Kyla Murray found DeAndre Hopkins down the uh, near sideline over literally three Buffalo defenders with an amazing catch only to watch them do the unthinkable, which was, okay, I understand maybe the argument that you don't want to take a chance on kicking the extra point because of the fact that you're worried about a block and being taken back the opposite way for a two a two point conversion that would have tied the game since they were up 32 to 30 but then to take a knee on the conversion attempt and not even attempt a running play with obviously Kyla Murray was running all day Kenyon Drake was finding holes all they had to do was just clearly try to do at least a running play and that would have been somewhat acceptable on the two point conversion but instead they took a knee they won by two and they hooked the entire world. And they yeah, absolutely that made the Corey guys, you know, Ben, that was honestly, I'm I'm not gonna, you know, sugarcoat it. I think that may have been the loss of the decade that I've seen, at least in re- recollection, to see a team 
do exactly what they did when it was really unthinkable. See, can I can I get my perspective here really quickly on both no of these games? Because I I, I think I think betters that, that saw the DeAndre Hopkins like it took arguably one of the greatest catches in our lifetime to get us back to the conversation of Arizona even covering again. So then when they did that, I can imagine the the emotions that came along with it. And it I was a roller coaster, Ben. I'm like, yes! Please. And yes. I'm like, oh no! You know what it was? It was like that that thing at uh, the, the carnivals, like that full just just drop, where you just drop like 500 feet or whatever it is, and then all of a sudden it just lifts you back up, and then you go right back down. So from that side of it, like, I, I get it, but... The reality was is that Arizona probably shouldn't have been there in the first place based on the fact that it was going to take a Hail Mary to even get in position. So I, if I'm a better, I'm not as mad about that. Um, the other thing is, too, I, game and situation, right? That's what you, know, you always talk about with these players. If Nick Chubb and the Cleveland Browns, if that touchdown would have placed them where they were, if, if it was still a one-possession game, you know, then the the move from a from a logistical standpoint makes all the sense in the world, right? Because then they have an opportunity. If if they would have made it an eight point game or a seven point game with an extra point, then of course it makes sense for them not to go ahead and, and score the touchdown to just go out of bounds at the one yard line, take the victory formation. But that game became a two possession game with the touchdown, so it's hard to fault Nick Chubb. I get what he was trying to do, and it still puts the game away. But by him scoring a touchdown, it makes it a two possession game. So he could have helped out the Browns. So I, if I'm a better, I'm more upset about that result than I am about the Arizona one. I'll tell you what happened with me. Um, I had to go offshore yesterday due to uh, difficulties here uh, on the East Coast. Uh, we're trying to get some bets. And so I have to go, I had to go offshore. So it, like this all transpired a little bit too close to kickoff for me. So I said, okay, I'm going to hit the Browns in running. I'm going to bet it live. I was able at one point as the numbers are bouncing around live, for about 30 seconds in quarter number one, I caught minus two and a half. Oh, you dog. So I got that one. But I was blown up. I had a four-team teaser and the single bet uh, blow up because of the Arizona Cardinals. So that was a big loss for me right there. But, Frankie, another interesting one from yesterday, and I was listening to um, the sports book director at the Brigada. And he was discussing how he really needed the Eagles to come through for him yesterday. Was that a was that a bias of just the area that they were at with all that heavy money on the Giants, or was that was that across the board? And what did you think of the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday? That makes absolutely that's actually contradictory to what exactly every single sports book here in Las Vegas needed. Uh, the Eagles uh, did the Giants did see sharp money early in the week, but then there was just a tidal wave of money that continued to pour in right up to kickoff, uh, backing the Philadelphia Eagles as Miles Sanders was ruled back in. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey was going to be coming back in. The Eagles were going to be getting healthier. Uh, and a lot of people were just expecting the Eagles to, you know, hand the Giants there another loss after being able to do that not too long ago um, when the two teams faced off. So the money continued just to pour in. I find that really hard to believe unless they had someone from the, you know, the New York area take a ride down to Atlantic City and just absolutely hammer the, the Giants somehow. But that is absolutely contradictory to what where the public was all on. As uh, hold on, I'm seeing right now my notes. Eighty three percent of the money at 
combined on average um, for four different sports books here in Vegas, all ne- all had were high on the Eagles. Um, so the Giants were a play that they were hoping for. So that actually is probably complete reversed. And it sounds like to me somebody took a ride down the Jersey Turnpike. Now, 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 now here's the interesting one. Now, Ben, because Frankie could also, Frankie's very right, right? But the nature, especially you look at, you're looking at that area in Atlantic City, that's Jet, that's not even Jet fans, that's Giants fans, and, and that's Eagles, Eagles fans, yep, right? Eagle country. So here's the thing Philadelphia Eagle fans are that pessimistic, Ben, that I believe that they would bet against their own team in large numbers. I think that could have played a part in it too. You think so? Because I, I think then, because the Eagles were coming off a bye, right? And so then you have a matchup against the Giants. Giants had been looking better the last couple weeks. I, I actually would disagree. I feel like the sentiment around the Eagles was that things were going to turn around in the second half. They have arguably the easiest schedule in the NFL. A game against the Giants while on the road in a divisional game. Uh, I think Eagles fans, if you would have pulled a thousand of them, I, I think 70 to 75% of them would say we should have won that game. They were still the first place team in a dog crap division. But I, I think the sentiment on the Philadelphia Eagles was that this team is going to get better in the second half because the schedule allows it because they were getting guys healthy. I, I, I get where you're going with it, Corey, but I was one of those people that thought the Eagles were going to be in a better spot heading into the second half. And, you know, I'm looking at uh, the upcoming lines for next week, and I think Philadelphia actually might be the right side uh, coming up for next week, which we'll talk about a little bit later on this week. So I, I still think they have time to turn it around, but that was not a good start to kick off their second half. Frankie, what's up with the Chargers? They went and dropped a dud yesterday in Miami. Figured they'll play a little bit better. Are the Dolphins the real deal, or are the Chargers just coming up short every week? I think I think it's a combination of both. I think the uh, Dolphins have an underrated defense. I think Tua is becoming more than capable of being a game manager. He's still not putting up prolific numbers, but he's putting up efficient numbers, and that's all he really needs to do. That defense doesn't get enough credit, and I think it also comes down to, once again, the Chargers are showing on a weekly basis that their head coaching inefficiency is – you know, rivaled with Adam Gase right now. They find ways to lose. Uh, and in this game, you know, they didn't find, have to find a way to lose. I think they were outclassed from start to finish. You know, Justin Herbert is an elite talent. I don't think he has all the capable weapons. They're obviously missing Austin Eckler. You know, they're re- they're running out there. Uh, Callum Village now came off the off the scrap heap um, to you know actually be starting now. Justin Jackson is now on this is now on injured reserve. So they've they've sustained some injuries as well. But I think their their lack of uh, a true um, head coaching ability, I think, also hinders them. So I think it's a combination of both. But just real quick, in terms of what you were also mentioning, Corey, I think a lot of that also has to do with, I don't think it was as much uh, Philadelphia betters being pessimistic because I think those Philadelphia betters, you know, they're not willing to take that ride right now over the uh, Walt, all over the Walt Mittman, you know, right now and, and, you know, and going to Atlantic City. They don't need to. Because as we know, you know, right That's near true. the stadium, You're right. you, got, you, you got the turf club right over there now that takes, yep. you know, uh, sports wagering as well as Parks Casino. They're also taking that as well. So the, the with old more, sugar house, and you got the Boston joints in Philadelphia too. Exactly. So I think I think Atlantic City is losing a lot of that business. So I think those Philadelphia fans. I have buddies that live in the South Jersey area, Cherry Hill, Gloucester, those areas. They actually don't go to Atlantic City because that's even further for them. They're taking the ride actually in the opposite direction and going over the Walt Whitman and hitting up turf clubs quite often. So, you know, it, it, it all depends on your location right now. And people seem to just be going to the easiest ones. And, you know, Atlantic City is really hurting. 
Wow, that's interesting stuff. Somebody drove down the New Jersey Turnpike with a suitcase of money and put it on the New York Giants. <laughs> I tell you what, Ben, I know a guy. Now, here we go. <laughs> Here's the deal, right, Ben? This is crazy because I have, like, I developed these things where I latch on to, no matter what season it is, I latch on to a team. And if I start getting success with that team, I keep going back to that team. In the basketball season, it was the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, I had a little bit of personal bias towards the Grizzlies. But I remember Moneyline and the Grizzlies, the third game of the season when they beat the Nets, went on Morant block Kyrie shot. And I rolled the, the I rolled them literally to the wheels fell off. <laughs> I may have turned a plus to a minus when they got into the bubble. But Ben, this NFL season, your Chicago Bears have become my Memphis Grizzlies. And tonight, I am going right back to the Chicago Bears. Right now, the DraftKings Sportsbook is sitting at three. But I'm waiting for the three and a half to pop. I think it's coming because the Vikings, like Frankie always talks about optics, the Vikings have the optics right now. But I know Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football is not going to be good. He's 0-9 versus, uh, on Monday Night Football in his career. Kirk Cousins is 0-9 against the spread on Monday Night Football in his career. So you can either look at it in two different ways. The first is that, well, you know, Blind Squirrel finds a nut once in a while. Like at some point... Kirk Cousins is going to come through on Monday Night Football, regardless of what team he's playing for and whatever matchup it might be. Or you go with the trend. You realize that the numbers have not been reflective uh, of how good he needs to be on Monday night. And you go ahead and you continue that wave. I'm looking at it from the perspective of Chicago has made some drastic changes over the last week. They've had an extra day to prepare. Matt Nagy comes from the Andy Reid school, Andy Reid tree, if you will. Um, and you know, we've actually seen a lot of the same issues with Doug Peterson this year, which is you know, these guys have this huge, vast array of play calls that they want to be able to get through, but they don't necessarily line it up to the personnel on their team. I don't doubt that Matt Nagy is a smart, offensive-minded head coach. The problem is that he hasn't had the talent to do so, and he still keeps believing that their team has the talent to be able to execute what they need to do. And the reality is that their offensive line is makeshift. Their quarterback isn't good. They don't have enough wide receivers or weapons around them to execute it. So with that being said, Nagy finally came to the realization on Friday that he is no longer going to be the play caller for the Chicago Bears. I think that makes a tremendous difference. I really do. I think now you're going to start to see Bill Lazor start to call plays, understand more of game script, realize what's in front of him and not be buried in his play sheet. And that allows Matt Nagy, the head coach, who I still believe is a good head coach, who is a good motivator of the Bears, to be able to go out and execute that game plan. So I think Nick Foles is going to have a little bit more protection. He's going to get the ball out quickly. I think Allen Robinson is in line for a big game against Minnesota. And the Bears need to win this game at home to save their season heading into the bye. Remember, they got off to a 5-1 and one start, guys, and have since lost their last three games. And Minnesota has looked terrible up until the last two weeks when Dalvin Cook has just rode teams into the ground. There's enough film to indicate what they need to do to be successful, and that's hide Kirk Cousins and use Dalvin Cook. The Bears are going to stack the box with seven, eight, nine guys. The Bears have an elite-level defense, and they're going to they're going to dare Kirk Cousins to beat them, and I don't know if he's going to be able to do it because Kyle Fuller and Jalen Johnson are two elite-level corners. The Bears match up really well against Minnesota, and not only am I taking them at plus three, or hopefully if I can even get them at plus three and a half, but I like the Bears on the money line at plus 160 on DraftKings tonight. That's how confident I am they're going to turn this ship around and get everything going in the right direction. What do you think, Frankie? Ben hitting the money line on this one. 
It's a, it's a tough thing right now. I mean, I don't have any strong, you know, opinions, but guys, if we look at, you know, listen, I, I know I stress it a lot here. You were just touching on it before about optics. The Minnesota Vikings are five and one in their last six games, ATS on the season. Okay. Now, which side do you want to go with the current way that they're playing or like he was saying, I was out in the, you know, making my trips around uh, several sorts sports books here in the Valley early this morning. Uh, making the trip like I always do, getting us to Vegas Whispers information. And, you know, and I'm driving around and I hear in the car that the Minnesota Vikings, as you know, in terms, you know, we could also, you know, as Ben referenced, the struggles of the of, of Kirk Cousins, you know, winless on Monday Night Football. How about the Minnesota Vikings as a team? You know, this this was a statistic that I heard on the radio. 2-12 and 12 ATS on their last 14 games on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Okay, so that is pretty bad. One of those wins was against the Cowboys last year. Okay, <laughs> and then on top of it, guys, we got the Vikings literally, like, I think that the stat was, I tried to write, uh, put it in my phone here while I was, you know, I stopped at the traffic light. 3-12. and 12. Over their last 15 games, ATS against Chicago. That is apps. Now, which side do you want to go with? The current side of the optics, which is the, the Vikings playing good ball, playing good ball, five and one ATS in the last six, cashing all the you know helping all their backers. We've seen this game move six and a half points from last week on the line. This game opened with the Bears out here in Vegas, laying two last week. Okay, this spread is now flipped and completely inverted out here. Now, I know you said, Corey, you're waiting for it to pop to three and a half. Almost virtually every sports book out here in Vegas is already at three and a half. Juice to a dollar 20 on the on the bear side. If you want to catch that hook that you're looking for, you got to pay an extra 10 cents on the VIG. But, you know, which side do you guys want to go to the struggling Vikings that can't win in Chicago? Historically, lovely. Then you got the. The Bear, the Vikings that just can't win, period, on Monday Night Football, you have those two combinations. So it depends on which trend you want to look with. Or do you want to go with Dalvin Cook, who looks like an unstoppable force right now? I, it's a tough call. I mean, I understand where Ben's coming from. I'm not sure if it, that's a lot of it is based on his strong betting or intuition or if it's more of a fandom play and a strong fate of, like you would do, Corey, fate I've bet, I've bet against the Bears, who are my team, plenty yep. of times, Frankie. Trust me. No, I think no, they I, make I, me more it. mad than it. happy. No, no, no. I, I get that. I understand that totally. I'm not I'm not saying that, but it is it is enticing when you can get them at plus $1.60 on the money line as a yeah, fan, yeah. especially as a fan. I mean, it makes it make it makes for a good night both ways, Ben. But no, I I get what you're saying. I'm just looking at. I, I feel like I'm. I feel like Ben. I'm just looking at the, the the history of the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins, and I just just watching this team play. I kind of know how they operate. So I want to get your final take on this game, and also before I get to Frankie for the Vegas Whispers free play and get us up up out of here. Um, what is the deal tonight with uh with your with your props? Anything that you see out there? Uh, as far as any of my props, I. I... I'm still trying to figure out where I want to go. I'll give you a quick little rundown of sort of how I envision this game going. Is that I, I will be very curious, um, and, and I'm going to leave a little bit of money in the account because I'm curious as to how this is going to go, once, if, whether or not I bet it live. If the Bears don't get points on their opening drive, or if their opening drive looks like everything we've seen over the course of this season, 
that, that I may jump on Minnesota right away. Like to oh, me, God. that's a clear Thanks. indication. <laughs> it's a clear indication that it's not a Matt Nagy issue. It is clearly a talent issue because Bill Lazor's had success. He's been an offensive coordinator for two other teams and he's put up serviceable numbers. And, and this is a Vikings defense that yes, has played a little bit better as of late, but they're still getting cooked in their secondary and the bears still have solid wide receivers. They have Allen Robinson, who is a very, very good, ta- talented wide receiver. Darnell Mooney, who I think is a really promising rookie that just needs to have a decent offensive line and a good quarterback to be able to get him the ball. His route running is far advanced beyond a fifth round rookie stage. And then you have Anthony Miller, who is maddening because he's incredibly talented if he's running the right routes. So if they can get on script for this week and score on their opening drive, just the, the amount of confidence that will be coming from Chicago will all of a sudden, it'll radiate from the defense because the defense is so used to just carrying the offenses back throughout the entirety of the season. So if they score on their opening drive, then I'm going to feel great about this bet. And I think that's going to dictate what we're going to see a lot in this game because the Bears have not scored. I think they scored one total touchdown in the third quarter all year. And they're the number one scoring team in the fourth. And most of the time that's coming from soft coverage from a lot of these other teams. So no doubt. show me what you can do on your opening drive, on your scripted plays. Show that you actually have the capabilities to get it done against a bad defense. And I think I'll feel a lot better about it. Otherwise, Minnesota's going to win this game. The Whispers have not come in yet to the Vegas Whisperers SI Fantasy Plus community. But Frankie, do we have anything that we can report as of yet? Yeah, we definitely can. We have a Vegas Whispers official free play for Monday night, which is focusing on a player proposition. And it's looking at a player who's been absolutely outstanding over his last several games. And that would be Minnesota Vikings running back Dalvin Cook and going over 16 and a half receiving yards. We gave this number, guys, uh, you know, and, you know, early this morning, it was at $1.22. By the time I got it, you know, was able to share it, it moved to $1.30. As we're doing the taping of this podcast here at SI Gambling, the number over at DraftKings is now the juice is now laying a dollar 65 on this market going over you know if we look at this you know Dalvin Cook he's been involved in the passing game of late guys he's gone over this total easily in four of his last five games and then we look on the flip side the Bears have allowed five opposing running backs to easily surpass this number you know this this total in in the last nine games so five different running backs to get past this number Cook four or five I can see where the shops are going but I'll, I'll tell you another one guys one that moved real quick we weren't able to share it but it's one to look at maybe if you can get it you know uh one of your local books but Allen robinson um who was standing at 67 and a half receiving yards from the point that we started this podcast here guys um he was at 67 and a half receiving yards tonight that number has now moved and flashed before me at DraftKings. it now stands at 75 and a half so someone out there, one of the syndicates or strong fantasy uh, models, somebody out there is absolutely hammering Allen Robinson. So the, uh, the expectations, if a lot of the fantasy owners are listening as well, if you were thinking about Allen Robinson, you know, possibly, you know, maybe not being as healthy as you would want him to be, it looks like they believe he's going to be healthy enough to make an impact because we know he was limited last week. But guys, if we want to look at something else, possibly, you know, if we see that correlation right now, Look at Allen Robinson possibly in the anytime touchdown to score a touchdown at any point in the game at odds right now over at DraftKings at plus $1.30. If he's seeing that kind of significant move on his receiving total, that means that he's going to see 
his target share. He has no less than seven targets, guys, in you know, in in virtually every game this season. So if we look at that and we see his receiving yards are getting pummeled right now, and people are steaming towards the over. Allen Robinson has the opportunity to possibly score a touchdown. We know that the Vikings secondary is an absolute sieve on the back end, especially allowing the third most fantasy points to wide receivers, you know, on the season so far. So I think that's a good correlated play and it's solid plus odds. That's something that I may look to get down on immediately after we get off this, uh, this podcast here, guys, I think Allen Robinson, the anytime touchdown scorer at plus a dollar 30. I think that might be something for all everyone to be looking at. I think it's very interesting right there. All right, good stuff, Frankie. Good stuff, Ben. Don't forget the SI Fantasy Pro community. We'll get the updates all throughout the course of the night and really through all throughout the course of the week as we got a big week of sports coming up with some NFL and some college football, NBA draft, and all of those good things. So for my guys, Ben and Frankie, I'm Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive. We are out.